0: Good day, everyone. This is March Twisdale, producer and host of Prose, Poetry, and Purpose, and I'd like to welcome you to my interview with Kevin Scheller. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining me today.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Okie doke. (laughs) So, um, Kevin, well, okay, Kevin is a whole bunch of stuff, but what we're talking about today relates to his comic series, which is called Righteous. I love that name. Um, How about you go ahead and before we dive into this really cool list of stuff we're going to talk about, um, give my listeners a sense of who you are and um, sort of how you came to be doing what you're doing.
1: All right. Well, as a child, all I wanted to do was do the things that I loved as a child, as an adult. So I became a producer in the video game industry. Uh, I'm writing comic books. I loved aquariums, so I started my own aquarium business. And that went awry only when I went ahead and also invested in real estate because that was not a childhood passion.
0: Right on. A lot of people give lip service to the idea of, you know, do what you love in your life and you will be happy. Um, it sounds like you actually had the opportunity to follow through on that idea and, um, so that's what we're going to sort of be talking about today. Hey, folks, you are listening to March Twisdale on Prose, Poetry, and Purpose, which is recorded in the studios of Voice of Ashon. It's on 101.9 FM KVSH. Of course, you can also check out the show online at marchtwisdale.com, where we have a podcast set up for you and all of your friends who don't live right next door. Okay, doke. So, Kevin... The way I found you was through Facebook, which I think is sort of brilliant. There's so much amazing, positive, incredible, and obnoxious stuff flying around in Facebook land. Oh, yeah. And um, in particular, you've, I mean, righteous, you know, that's like a really powerful word. And some people are even scared of it a little bit. So um, uh, let's just sort of start there. And then we're going to move into some of the backstory.
1: I can't help but want to comment a little bit on your Facebook comment and, and how you said that Facebook is wonderful and has positive things. And what's great about that comment is that you follow what you love and you you become interested in the whatever you're interested in, you find on Facebook. And so you surround yourself with either positive or negative. So if you're a positive person, then you're inundated with positive stuff on Facebook. I think it's fantastic and beautiful. And if you're a negative person, unfortunately, you get surrounded by some of those negative things. And, and so it's your choice. And I think that's huge. And that, that's the power of the Internet and the power of people and the power of decision that we can choose whether we want to be surrounded by positive things or whether we want to be surrounded by negative things. So this is a story that originally was, hmm, I wonder what would happen if everybody suddenly woke up, changed, changed and they all just decided to help others over everything else. So at first, you know that's a very positive, just ultimately positive viewpoint. And, and that's, that's what I envision, that's what I love to think about. But, but the reality is that's not possible, that's not going to happen. So the idea then shifted to what if one person woke up, and even though they had been living a very good life, a, a great capitalist life, uh, an entrepreneurial life or something like that. And they were providing for their family and they, and they were excited about the future and they were going to get new business and they were going to, you know, just be, be super successful. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden something changed. A supernatural event occurred that that changed this main character. And so now all those things that he thought were so wonderful before suddenly were not. And the only thing that he could do is help others. And what would happen to him as he tried to do that in the way that, that society is set up right now? Right, and right, right. So that's your conflict and, and how he has to struggle against th- this entire society pushing on him to not saying, no, 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 you don't do that. You have to you have to provide for your family and you have to provide for yourself. So focus on that.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it was really interesting. So um, uh. Right now, I think you've got number one and two are going to be coming out in physical form soon and I'll be getting to see those. But online, is it true if people go to RighteousComic.com that that's how they can access the teasers online?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they can read the whole thing online. Uh, and that's right. been very important to me is that it's not just about selling it. It's 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 about everyone getting to read it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I care about.
0: Right, right. So righteous. Comic.com So I'm sitting there reading through them A little bit yesterday And finished them up today And it is I mean you're right You know because uh, There might be a Disneyland idea of Oh la la whatever went off and did this And wouldn't it be great Right But then there's right. reality Which is Well Okay So I'm off doing really great things But Instead of it just automatically all working out You know suddenly you've got the wife Who's like you just lost your major contract or, you know, you got fired. And yeah, it's great. You're doing really wonderful, nice things for the people you run into in your life during the day. But how am I going to, you know, pay the bills on my own now that we only have one income instead of two? And so I like that you, it's very realistic, the conflicts that are coming up. What I like about it is that and sometimes in comic books you can end up with characters that are extreme and mm-hmm. you're allowing your characters to um, have a lot of tension in a very normal and realistic way. I mean, it's actually really interesting how well it's working. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So, um, So, okay, everyone that I interview mm-hmm. on this show – any human being who takes enough time necessary to get to the point of publishing their writing and their work, they all have a couple of things in common. One, they're really driven. There's something internal for them that is driving them, and um, usually they... Are trying to make the world a better place through their readers. Like they're trying to improve life for their readers right. and whatnot. So you have some inciting incidents, some experiences in your personal life that led up to this. Uh, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about your trip to Peru?
1: Okay. Well, it wasn't a trip to Peru.
0: Okay, right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. So it was actually uh, just a, a local experience where a group of us got together and, and we did a form of ayahuasca together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So unlike if you if you went to Peru and you did ayahuasca, you'd mm-hmm. do it for a week and you'd have a shaman there and you'd do all this crazy stuff, But but instead it's... In this case, it was actually a very short experience. And, and we generally just use the main ingredient of ayahuasca, which is DMT, dimethyltryptamine. And uh, that is a substance that's found in all life. Uh, we, we all have it in our brains. Uh, all animals have it. All plants have it. And uh, it's produced by our pineal gland. And it's believed that we even experience that, uh, or that is the main experience of dreaming and it certainly has been found to be <clears throat> very uh prevalent in the in the brains of those who have just recently died or who have had uh near death experiences so interesting so be- isn't that interesting so it's believed that this is the substance and this is the thing that helps us have these near death experiences and and you know who knows what all this means right so mm-hmm. so, so hold on so
0: this, ayahuasca yeah. Is um, for people who are, are sitting there thinking, I want to look that up on Google later and check it out. Uh, you you yeah. think for a second that it starts with an I, but it does not. <laughs> this is a Spanish word. So, um, well, I don't know. It's, it definitely is pronounced like a Spanish word. So ayahuasca is A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. Ayahuasca. And if I understand correctly, so this is a plant. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. So well, in no, Peru, is it a like fungus? Is it a plant? What is it? It it is in a plant, and mm-hmm. it is the easy the, again. The dimethyltryptamine yeah. is the easiest to extract from particular plants, and oh. the, the easiest is the one is is one that grows in Peru, and that's why everybody goes there.
0: Right. 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 What type of plant is that in Peru?
1: Oh, I don't know the name of it.
0: You're not sure if it's a cactus or a fungus or.
1: Uh, it's it's the bark of a tree. I do Okay.
0: Know that. Okay. Okay. Got it. So. People who lived in Peru at some point discovered the bark of this tree created certain experiences, shamanic type of experiences. Mm-hmm. And now, in the modern scientific world, we have identified DMT, a dimethyltryptamine. Okay. Yep. Which is in this and other places. And we've figured out that it is a naturally occurring substance in all per- life forms. Yes. Okay. Got it. Great. So you guys got together and decided to do some um, expand our awareness type of stuff.
1: Right. And mm-hmm. so I think it's important to say that up until this point, uh, I believed that science was our only reality mm-hmm. and uh, and that all the other concepts were kind of hogwash and science had it all figured out. Uh, I was also a, a huge entrepreneur, as I said before, I did real estate and and started my own businesses and and all that sort of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I was raised in a very positive environment where that was encouraged and and you would be judged based on your success in society and you needed to uh, save for your retirement. All these things were very much uh, drilled and instilled in me.
2: Mm -hmm. Sounds like some
1: pretty
0: standard American viewpoints.
1: Absolutely. They really wanted me to succeed and they wanted me to be happy and so on and so forth. So, of course, I, I looked at that as this is the most important thing. So I have this ayahuasca experience, and I would have to describe it uh, as as simply, I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and I feel a little bit of an upset stomach, and I and I think, gosh, boy, I'd really like to not feel this right now. This kind of feels uncomfortable. And another voice uh, that I would not say that is my own, uh, and I would actually say that it was a thought. I had a thought that was not my own thought, and it kind of told me how to sit in such a way that I would not experience this discomfort. And so I listened to it and did that. And suddenly my discomfort went away and my pose was very specific. You know, my hands had to be just so, and my legs had to be such, just so. So I did this (laughs) and it went away. So it quickly proved to me that, Hey, I'm here to help you. And so I started asking questions. I asked this other thought that was going on in my head questions and it started answering. And I, I got to speak to it for about 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. Much of it. I don't recall, but there are a few very specific things. And, uh, there, I'm going to tell you two of them. Mm -hmm. One was, I asked it, how should I live? And it said, well, you need to love more. And I thought, what, you know, I love, I love people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm good. You know, I try. And, and then immediately it showed me this, this planet. I was looking, you know, with my eyes closed, I could see this planet and, and I could see, and I knew, I guess, that I was the planet in this, uh, scene. And then there was this kind of gap. I would say it was almost like an atmosphere that went around the planet. And then outside of that gap was beautiful nebula and, and, you know, this awesome universe And that to me was represented, that was everything else. So there was me, there was everything else, and there was this gap between me and everything else.
2: And that's,
1: that's what was happening, is that there was a wall, there was a blockage, there was a space that I could not love everything else, and it could not love me because of me.
0: Super, super interesting.
1: Then I you know, as I was saying that I was into this, into this real estate thing. I mean, I talked to it about wonderful, beautiful, amazing things. Right. Mm -hmm. But I eventually came back to this one and, and this one sticks out to me so well because, you know, I had 10 rental properties or something and they were, they were doing okay, but they weren't doing amazing or anything. So I kind of said, and I felt selfish even in asking this, this, whatever this was entity from another dimension is what it felt like to me. And I said, well, what about the real estate thing? you know like how's that going to go? And uh, it, it, it' seems so earth like you know like what am I doing
0: and, and after and it, it quietly chuckled,
1: <laughs> it responded <laughs> right. <laughs> right it said it said, well, we don't want you to, to 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 fail, but we would don't really want you to succeed either and then again, you know I'm like what well, why you know i i'm doing i I'm providing housing for people, you know and i and and i'm i'm doing really well i'm making sure that their that their houses are in great shape i don't let them suffer for very long for like some sort of leak or problem or whatever mm-hmm. and and it was just kind of like you know shut up you and it and it said we only have one word for, for this and I, I okay okay and and i have never said this word to myself i had never even considered the word related to me in any way in any fashion ever other people were this but not me mm-hmm. and it said greed and I was like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? I, and, and I have had, I don't know how many years it's been now, four years to think about that statement, but that statement changed everything in the way that I look at all of life and, and all of society.
0: Mm-hmm. So what did it feel like, what I, what definition, so to speak of that word that can be used in so many ways um, resonated with you or um, came to mind for you?
1: Well, at first, I, I just didn't believe it. And and so I'm sure it took weeks before I, I was able to assimilate it and, and start to apply it to myself. And and essentially, what I was doing with real estate was trying to set up uh, an income that, that didn't require much of my effort. So I didn't want to have to work for the rest of my life. I wanted to be able to just sit around and money just comes in the mail as a check.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I was essentially taking advantage of these people. I'm charging them a rent that is higher than what I have to pay out. And mm-hmm. so this is, if I continue to accumulate these properties, this is me just taking in money and not really helping anyone. Yes, you're quote unquote helping someone, but not to the same level as really helping somebody who really needs to be helped.
0: Right. Right. Right, 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 right. You know, I have a I have a close friend, and we've we've done co writing together, and we've co parent like we you know we've grown up as parents together with our kids and whatnot. And one Hmm. of the concepts that she was really focusing on about seven years ago and was doing some writing about was the concept of enough, and that in this culture that we live in in the United States of America at least that um, you know there's we do not focus very much on a desire to have enough. We don't even necessarily have an idea in our head of what enough would be. If you were to say, you know, how much do you need to be happy? Like most people just sort of stop and they look at you and they don't know. And so they Mm -hmm. name some huge monetary amount that they figure (laughs) would be guaranteed to never fail them. Because rather than being focused on enough, we are heavily focused on lack, scarcity, and not enough, and and, dry, and running away from that as much as we can.
1: And fear. And fear is a right. very important part of that. and And right. fear is based, you know, we, fear is why we're alive right now, because our ancestors had to survive very difficult times. They had right. to worry about... They couldn't just go turn on a faucet. They had to get their turtle shell, and they had to go to the river, and saber-toothed tigers might be there to eat them. Mm -hmm. So fear was a very important part of their daily survival, whereas in in this society, fear is not nearly as as important, but we're still equipped with it. We haven't evolved past it, so now we apply it to everything. So Mm -hmm. every situation that comes up, we, we go ahead and say, our biggest survival emotion, the most important thing that we're supposed to do is fear this, fear, fear, fear. Oh my gosh, you might do this wrong. I mean you might do and 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 it's completely unnecessary because we live in an age of abundance Mm -hmm. actually. I'm
0: actually in the middle of working on a book with another person. It's sort of going in the direction of sociology and trying to help people figure out what is driving them to think, behave in certain ways that they're not aware of. And if you can get aware of it, then you can decide whether you actually want to do it that way or not. And, um, you know, that whole idea of we're not instinctual animals. They live on in- instinct. We do everything by mm-hmm. choice. Everything is an intentional choice, and we're totally self-aware, like, ah, oh, <laughs> wrong. So, you know, <laughs> the reality is we've got this really intense, instinctual reptilian brain that is driving us in so many ways, but we mm-hmm. under-recognize it.
1: Right. And, and you know, what, the other thing that I've always wanted to try to get across to people is that even those who are can push the button and make 35 million people do something, they think they're doing the right thing. They don't think that they're being evil. They mm-hmm. don't think that they're being bad guys. They think, well, this is going to produce the boast for me and my family. I have mm-hmm. to make sure that they survive and that my children do well and that my, you know, everyone, my beloved are, are successful in this mm-hmm. world. That's, that's very important. So they're doing these horrible things. But but they don't realize that they're horrible. They think that they're just helping their family, which is the exact same transformation that I went through, where I realized that, wait a minute, what I'm trying to do is just I'm just being selfish. I'm just trying to bring in money for myself, uh, be the capitalist that I was raised to be. Mm -hmm. And whoever, you know, whoever else don't really care. You figure yourself out. I'm going to figure myself out
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: and that, I think, is the is the big divide between those who help people and those who don't.
0: Right. Right. But or
1: it's not their or, fault. Or, I just don't believe that it's the fault of the people that are that are you know doing or not helping each other. Again, they think they're doing the right thing. So mm-hmm. we need to stop blaming, and we need to stop being angry at them. Mm-hmm. We need to stop wanting them to fail and wanting you know and wanting them to die uh we need we need to say we understand yes you're you've got the wrong idea but you you're doing it because you think that it's right mm-hmm. so i love you anyway and what can we do with this and how can we transform one person at a time to realize that what they're doing is being really selfish and like destroying society and being a problem Mm-hmm. hmm hmm
0: Right. Right. I mean, you know, anything that becomes a saying has inherent validity. That's why it's a saying, you know, so like, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions.
1: You got to love. Yeah. <laughs> if you love everybody at all times, no matter what they do, then the path is clear. It's clean. It's, you can relax. You can take a deep breath and go, Mm -hmm. we're all going in the right direction because we love each other and all life.
2: And that was a hippie thing, but
0: that's also like, I mean, a lot of the hippies were actually really into a whole new view of Christianity, which was really to live like Jesus. You know, they had come out of sort of an institutionalized religious control everyone type of background, and a lot of them, you know, my mother had lots of friends that were in these – Christian commune type of things where love everyone because Jesus was loving everyone.
1: Right. Well, and I think that that, that the main issue here is that uh, I, I everyone has a duality, and and they and they're two people. They're the positive, beautiful, wonderful light that loves all and that wants greatness for everyone. And then there's also a darkness, and that darkness is this thing. It's this. It, it, we, were, we were raised with it. We, when we were abused as children, we were all abused somehow, whether from our parent or our uncle or our, or our peers. All of us were abused, and that added to that darkness. And so that, that darkness is an add-on. It's like this extra thing that we ended up like that latched onto us. Mm-hmm. It isn't us. It's not me. I'm not negative, and I am not dark, and I don't think badly of myself. I know that I'm beautiful, and I'm wonderful, and I want to help everyone. Mm-hmm. But there's this other thing that's kind of in the way. And, right. and, and the realization is that, is that everyone has that. Nobody is immune to that. And right. so when we look at our, at, our, at our current president and we go, Oh, I don't like that guy. Well, unfortunately, that darkness really got a hold of him. And it's really overtaken him. But he's a beautiful, wonderful person underneath all of that. Everyone is. And as soon as we realize that and we can help people get rid of that negative part of them, mm-hmm. then we can all go in the same direction and we don't have to fight over anything anymore. I I, I know yeah. that I'm very optimistic, but it's it's that simple.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, all you have to do really is look at babies.
1: That duality that I was talking about a minute ago is very much in play here. Mm-hmm. And and. That that individual who has picked out these people and said that they are bad mm-hmm. is believing in that dark side of them and is and is subscribing to it. Mm-hmm. But that dark side of them is not them. They're the pure baby. I like that analogy. Mm-hmm. So so if you go to your baby self and you observe everyone from your baby self perspective,
2: mm-hmm. then
1: you have a much better chance of helping everybody else around you get to that as well.
0: Right. I don't tend to talk about names of people in general if they're politicians, so there was a person who really, uh, unfortunately, used this word, the deplorables, um, to describe millions of people that she doesn't know she's never met and who all have probably incredibly um, authentic and valid reasons for why they may be behaving in a deplorable way, in her opinion, but they're not doing it because life is great and wonderful and perfect for them. They're in right. a state of suffering, which is what made but, it so egregious to then just want to dismiss them with that that label. Exactly. So, um, yep. so it's sort of like, even though I don't like that that woman did that, and i can't, i can't know the reasons behind it and all that but you know like um when a person gets into that place even then the light is still there in a way because probably they're trying to get to something that they think needs to happen is justified and positive so you know the, so we like to um uh, people who self-label themselves as liberal progressives will like to hate on people who are white supremacists, for example. But when a person is a white supremacist in behavior and um, attitude and expression, inside is someone who along the way got really, really scared. And they have children now and they want their kids to be safe. And they think they've figured out where the danger is, which allows them the power to protect their child because they've now pinpointed what they think the danger is. So even then, ironically, that's a form of love. Almost.
1: Yes. And guess what it is also? What? It's righteousness. They Um, believe that they are being righteous in in the persecution of those who are not.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So that brings us back to the name, the very powerful and interesting (laughs) name of your comic series. Why did you choose Righteous?
1: Interesting question. Well, you know, it's funny that you should ask that, because just the last couple of days, I've been kind of—I I, I question it. I mean, I have to be honest, because Righteous has a Christian uh, association with it,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and that's been, it's been a little bit of a battle, and I think it's going to continue to be a battle as it grows in popularity, um, because the Christians, unfortunately, took over that word.
2: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's not—you <laughs> know, it's, that wasn't my intention. The word is, is a beautiful, fantastic, and amazing word. Um, and it just so happens that that Christians have used it, and it's also been used in a negative connotation, as in self-righteous. Mm-hmm. So when I originally thought of it, it was simply a a powerful word that described doing the right thing, right. which is how I pictured our our main character as doing the right thing. And and I want to go back to political. I have to,
2: yeah, uh,
1: because Bernie Sanders is a very important part of of righteous. So. We're we're watching Bernie Sanders as he's doing his presidential run, and so many of us who were fans of him, of course, watch the videos on YouTube of him 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. where he's you know pounding his fist on the table and arguing over some crazy thing that that, you know, that now at that time we probably thought, oh gosh, I, this, this creates a coot, you know, why I mean, you like you doing Like, really? Right. Cause <laughs> right, like, nobody, everybody knows that we're doing this because we're kind of corrupt, but it's okay because that's how, corru- you know, that's how politics works. Why are you trying to be so righteous, Bernie? Like, what are you doing? So you can totally imagine how all the congressmen and the senators have got their heads in their hands and they're just going, Oh my gosh, with this guy, shut the F up. Like he's just going on and on and on. And, and, and you know, too, if we would have been watching it, we would have said, well, you know what? Uh, the, the, the rest of the congressmen are right. Shut up, Bernie Sanders. What are you talking about? The, the, the way that the world works is you have to, you know, kind of be corrupt. Like that's how politics works, guy. Like you're in the wrong business but now. <laughs> But now today, we all realize, oh, wow, he was really doing something amazing. And, and really what he was trying to do at all moments of every day is help people. Mm-hmm. All he wanted to do is make sure that the people that were in the worst possible shape were at least fairly treated. And, and that goes to people who, you know, the poor, uh, the Palestinians, like whoever, th- that, that people were being mistreated he wanted to make sure they weren't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if everybody kind of took on that concept and took on and that part of themselves? And and that is really one, you know, one of the main reasons that I said, oh, imagine everybody wakes up and wants to do the right thing or wants to help others. It's. Can you imagine if everybody woke up and they suddenly became Bernie Sanders? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All he always wants to do is help people.
0: So why, why are there not people who have such wonderful opportunities to access power and to have such a positive effect, and then they don't Bernie Sander it? I mean, you
2: know. Right,
1: like, because like, they can't be granted that power if they're Bernie Sanders. Yeah. So the only way that it's going to happen is if if somebody gets into power and they have a transformation, mm-hmm. like I did, or Daniel Price in the comic book, or many of us have, while after they've already gotten into power
0: (laughs) right 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 you're right dan i love that you did that on purpose didn't you you had your (laughs) character land this really amazing contract that was ethically questionable but he Mm -hmm. got it first while he was that type of um frame of mind and then after that he, he has the change of heart so to speak and then suddenly he's like oh no i can't Yeah, you did that on purpose. (laughs) I love how writers think. They're like, how can I create this scenario and make it happen? Okay, okay. So I need to do a station identification um, really quickly because I want to make sure that folks that have just joined us know who they're listening to. Hi, everybody. If you have just joined us, my name is March Twisdale. I am the producer and host of Prose, Poetry, and Purpose and today, I'm having a great time, obviously, talking with Kevin Scheller. And honestly, folks, I, I just want to throw a shout out there to everyone who continually stays engaged with Voice of Ashawn and helps to keep us on the air. We have two beautiful studios, thanks to all of you. It is so wonderful to be a person who produces for Voice of Ashon. And to feel so supported all over this island every day. So thank you very much. And so now, back to the interview. I am talking with Kevin Scheller, who has produced, I guess that's the right word for it, created. You have not created this alone. You are working actually with um, uh, the, the, some artists who are doing the artwork. And you are doing mostly the, the concept and the wording. Is that true?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So I'm writing the script, uh, and, uh, Joseba Morales, who is in, uh, you could say it much better because you've got your, you've got a much better Spanish accent. <laughs> he, he lives in Spain. Uh, he's the main oh. uh, artist doing pencils and inks. And then, uh, Gab Contreras, she's in Peru. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> interestingly, Yeah. And, uh, she does the coloring and then I have an editor, um, and, uh, a flatter so you know there's a number of folks mm-hmm. that, that put together a comic and and really it's not too dissimilar to the video game industry mm-hmm. uh, where you have lots of folks that come together and 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 there's a producer that oversees it and makes sure it all gets done and gets done right, so it's been very natural for me,
0: yeah, very cool. so how are they feeling about the launch and the the final product i mean what what are what are they thinking about it as best you can speak for them?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because this is one of those situations where I've never spoken to them. This has all been done through email, and this has all been done through you know, chatting on on the computer. So I don't have that personal connection which, with them, which is unusual, um, but it's not that unusual in today's world. So hmm. they they both seem to really like it, but I couldn't say, like, you know, great stories about how much they like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, but a I lot have of... had,
1: go ahead. I, I've had a number of folks that have reached out to me that are fans of the comic.
2: Mm-hmm. And I've had a
1: couple of different people who have said things like, thank you very much uh, for what you're doing here. It's actually made me do something different in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. So I had one
1: person who, was working for a corporation, and she wasn't very fond of the practices that they were doing because she felt like they were a little bit underhanded. So she actually went to the CEO. She said, I can't believe I'm channeling a comic book to go do this. <laughs> uh, I, went, I went to the CEO. I went to the CEO and I said, well, I'm not totally sure we should be doing this. I don't think this is completely right. And, and the CEO said, oh, well, thank you for bringing this to our attention. I think you're, you are correct. And they essentially changed their practices as a result of that.
2: Mm, okay. And then I had
1: another person right. who decided to volunteer instead of just get more hours for her job. So I've had a couple of people that I've already feel like uh, kind of get the you know the concept behind what's going on here. And and you know, heck, if they they're, they're the only two, I win.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, but think <laughs> about it. Right. I mean, first of all, there's always the lurkers. So, there's going to be tons of people who are impacted that will never speak up, just like the mm-hmm. person who complains about the restaurant is usually outweighed by the 10 people who loved it but didn't feel like they needed to speak up about how great it was, right?
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that perspective. Yes.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But just to take. One more opportunity to go back a little bit to some of the lessons we can learn from 2016 and on the political side of things. So I was the lead area caucus coordinator for our island. I spent four months basically preparing for an event that hosted about 2,000 islanders. If you generalize some of the comments that were made, because we went about, I think we were around 82% people caucusing for Bernie. And then we had about 18% that were caucusing for Hillary. So we're very strong Bernie community. But the people who were caucusing for Hillary, some of them really wanted a woman in the White House. Okay. So I understand that. That was very important. There was very specific demographics that really felt like that needed to happen. Um, But the other thing that came up over and over and over again were people who would say, I really love Bernie. I would love it if he was elected. I don't think he's electable because I don't think he's willing to get dirty enough to succeed in Washington.
1: Oh, right. Yes, yes. I remember this.
0: That came up so much. and And your your story about this person who said, I can't believe I'm channeling, you know, a comic book, that person took a risk and went ahead and stepped outside of convention because she, she or he, um, felt willing to um, to try to get to the better way that it could be done right and I think that there's so many people the, um, the, this is not uh, this is not the same as the lesser of two evils. that's mm-hmm. also a major problem in America, but this is more of the gosh and, play. yeah I just I don't think I can actually get what I really want. So I'm going to aim low, which makes it more likely that I'll get to what I aim for.
1: Right. There's a, there's an Einstein quote that I'm going to murder here, but I, it's something like. <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> it, okay, you can look it up. But it's something like, you know, those who actually believe that they can change the world are the ones who actually do. Okay, right who are crazy enough. They're crazy enough to believe that they're going to change the world. Are the ones who do.
2: Right.
0: Right. 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 We have to find this one because I really like that, but I want you to be able to not murder it. So, um, uh,
1: but the murdering was funny, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> it was hilarious, absolutely, of course. But I now I really, I, I now I want to know what he really said. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, all right, maybe I will have to look it up later if it doesn't come up quickly. Okay, so say it one more time in your in your murderesque way.
1: <laughs> okay, it is something like, if you are crazy enough to believe that you can change the world. They, then you're the one that actually does. Believe it goes back to fear again, you know, yeah. and 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 it goes back to that weird it thing that I've been talking about as well. That that darkness that's in all of us that says you can't do that, and it's and it succeeds when you when you fail. Like there's the pure, beautiful, loving, wonderful part of you that that succeeds when you succeed, and then there's the dark thing that says, ha ha, see, I told you, you are no good. You suck. And when you fail, I get bigger. And so who are you going to feed? Why would you feed the one that feels good when you fail? Feed the one that feels great when you succeed.
0: Yeah. And yet it goes back to what happens to those perfect little babies.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The because I mean, little babies can only succeed.
0: Yeah. How do you learn how to walk? It's because yeah. you aren't developed enough to sit there and tell yourself that you will never be able to figure out how to do it. Therefore, you just try until you until you get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, you fall on your face and you fall on your face and you fall on your face. Are you embarrassed? No, you haven't learned that yet. And, and embarrassment is another one of those things. It's encouraged by it. It is. Loves it when you're embarrassed. It loves to make you feel as embarrassed and as stupid and as worthless as possible because it succeeds in that situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So here we have, you know, a comic series, right? And mm-hmm. um, probably like many of them out there, it's just really deeply imbued with a, a, a lot of um, serious issues and thoughts. Um, I, I do actually, you know, I don't like um, movies that are lots of just like random violence and things like that. But I can tolerate a little bit of random violence as long as there's, you know, a real ethical question that's being asked and that, mm-hmm. that characters are being challenged to grapple with and, and, and understand where they actually are going to come down. In particular, where am I going to come down when it comes to my action? Joan Baez has this, there's this beautiful quote. It's on my SIG line, my email signature line. Um, Action is the antidote to despair. Mm -hmm. And so I I think um, you were talking earlier about um, the, what I wrote down as my note after you told me a, a story, is sort of the profound joy that we experience when we help others. Mm-hmm. And I think because um, you're touching upon this, you know, here's this person who wakes up and just really has this compulsion to want to help others, just wants to help others. And it feels so good. And, you know, when, when we think about emergency situations, disaster situations, um, people right now, for some reason in mainstream American society, there's these, Inherent separations between all of us. It comes down to real estate and and boundary lines. It comes down Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, my paycheck versus Mm -hmm. your paycheck. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and am I better or worse based upon how much? You know, there's all these separating factors. But then Uh you blow up a building, you knock down a bridge, you have a tidal wave come in, whatever it is that happens. And suddenly all of those constructs. Fade and they drop off the, the plate of what's important. Mm-hmm. And you have, I think a lot of times people, despite the distress of a disastrous situation, mm-hmm. they will look back on the relationships they formed, the interactions. And, and there's this incredible, positive feeling that people experience from coming together and helping each other.
1: Right. And I think that's evolutionarily like programmed in us because we succeed. We're alive today because we succeeded at a bunch of things and we succeeded at a whole bunch of horrible things that almost resulted in our deaths. But for some reason, our ancestors survived and they probably survived because they actually stopped what they were doing and helped each other to survive because we couldn't have done it. by ourselves, because this is a very treacherous, treacherous world. Mm-hmm. There's things that are trying to eat us from the outside, and there's things that are trying to eat us, like bacteria or whatever, from the inside.
2: Mm-hmm. So we are
1: constantly surrounded by threat, especially in, in our olden days. And But we made it. And mm-hmm. we made it through a lot of perseverance and a lot of teamwork. Right. And we might be faced with that again.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, so far... On planet Earth, there is no empire civilization that has um, avoided collapse. Right. So I, um, I'm i writing a novel called The Ghost Lords. And one of the fundamental questions asked is, um, will we for the first time ever in human history, when we go down in the history books as the first empire civilization to avoid collapse. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is highly plausible or likely to happen, but I do believe that for the first time in human history, it's possible. And I Mm -hmm. think that the internet and the ability for common people (laughs) To connect with each other all over the planet is the difference between now and every civilization that has preceded us. The ability to communicate, yes. and therefore, as you were saying a minute ago, to come together, work together, cooperate, and overcome. And right. um, so, will we or will we not?
1: Okay. So, I've, I've, I, have you heard of permaculture?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Okay.
1: So I, I'm a per- permaculture design, you know, cert- certified, whatever.
0: Permaculturist. <laughs> You're <laughs> yes. a certified permaculturist.
1: I am. I'm Yay. a certified per- permaculturist. Well, and-
0: wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: And so that's a very important thing because we can create abundance very easily if we use the practices that permaculture teaches. And, and we're, instead, we're using monoculture which yeah. destroys the 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 fertility of the planet. So mm-hmm. there's so many things that we could do and if it weren't for the internet I wouldn't even know what permaculture is. Mm-hmm. So it that it, it is it is very possible for us to learn enough to go wait a minute everything we're doing is kind of wrong and here's some better solutions. They're not perfect but we can figure it out.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. As Bernie Sanders said, all year, long, last year, together, there is nothing that we cannot do
1: right yes, and if you watch your your favorite, whatever it is, uh, Independence Day movie, it's, the, it's the, the, the human race that rises above because we're so adaptable and so determined and, and yada, 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 and defeat the obviously much more powerful invading species. And there's, there's truth to that. That's why that movie was successful. There's truth to that. We want to survive. We want to succeed. And we want to be happy. And so we do amazing things when that happens. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we generally need some sort of horrible threat <laughs> for us to really wake up and go, wait a minute, <laughs> we better right. do something. We can't just let this stuff continue to happen as it is.
0: You know, I think the better movie and it's... Um, to sort of illustrate that point um, because it, it misses a lot of the uh, sort of obnoxious um, aspects that come in the, the movie you mentioned is I think, it, what's it called? It just came out like in the last six months or something, Arrival? Is that it?
1: Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I the really big want giant
0: to. pods that come down, you know, I, I think it's Arrival.
1: I'm going to look it up right now.
0: Hold on. <laughs> I, I want to make sure I'm not steering people wrong. That's
1: probably right. Yeah, and I, I do need to see that, but yeah, I like the I like yes. the so, Independence but, Day reference because th- that's a very very popular movie, and and everyone, no matter what their
2: <clears throat>
1: kind of political stance is, believes in that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, because you know it's a World War II concept. We right. overcame, you know, the the Germans or whatever. You know, we came together, we defeated the job, whatever. I mean, you know, so, yeah. But no arrival. Arrival yeah. is the name. You are gonna like the movie.
1: Oh yeah, I know I am. Yeah. I've heard about it and many people have said you haven't seen this yet. <laughs> right, so, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So see it this month at some point. Get it on mm-hmm. you know, get it on what do you do? I don't know. Go somewhere, get it, stream it <laughs> and then and then tell me what you think of it when you've when you've okay. watched it. I will. Okay. All right, good. Okay, so we are running
1: out of time.
0: Mhm. We have also, believe it or not, covered everything on our topic
1: list. Well, I think I think there was there was one item that we haven't hit yet, which, which... was the future. What is the future of the comic?
0: Yes, let's go there. That was not actually on the topic list because it's so obvious. So, tell <laughs> um, our listeners a little bit about your yes, your goal. Where are you going with this, and what are you hoping
1: for? So it's really it's really a fun series because and and you've now read issues 1, 2 and 3 mm-hmm. so you know that what what the other thing that's kind of going on here is that every time he helps someone then they get it too.
0: Yes, now, I, yes, yes.
1: Now they have to help people. Mm-hmm. And so this is the the part of the story that, that's going to take it very far and we're going to go for a long time. I would, yeah, it, it's kind of funny because, of course, I'm I'm creating this comic book and I'm spending my own savings to, to pay the artist to make this thing. And, and so when I first wrote it, I was like, okay, let's get this done in about six issues and then we're done. And we don't have to worry about it and we'll pay them and we'll move on. right. But, right but unfortunately, right. it's turned into something much, much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is going to go for... I don't know, 20, maybe 30, because Mm -hmm. there's so much more to tell as more and more people get it and and start doing the same thing and how that ties into a much more global and epic scale. And there's going to be so many opportunities to talk about all the things that we do right and that we do wrong in the society. So Mm -hmm. I am super excited. uh, And my greatest joy is writing another page, and or receiving another page from one of my artists.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you real quick, um, you know, what if, I, if I have um, a fiction writer and I ask them what genre they write in, you know, they can rattle off, you know, what it is, romance, drama, historical sure. fiction, whatever it is, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So I created a term that doesn't exist out there. So uh, that okay. I believe that we need more writing in this genre. Because it doesn't exist. There's not a genre term for it. And what you're doing is essentially this. And it's what I do. Basically, Mm -hmm. I came up with a term to describe what I'm trying to do. And um, so I want to throw this out there a little bit and you can think about it. Um, So there's dystopian and utopian. We all Uh understand those, right? Okay. The problem with both of them is that they are almost always, and I say almost only because I haven't yet seen an alternative, I would say almost I would say always but there probably is is the random thing that stands out. But they're almost always in the future, so far in the future that it's a world that is very foreign and alien from the current world.
1: Right. So we don't know how we got there.
0: Yeah, it, well but more to the to the point is that what Katniss Everdeen does is really great and wonderful in her world. But if I, as a 15-year-old reading this book, become inspired about the issues, the overall issues of the story, I cannot go out and do what Katniss Everdeen is doing because the Capitol doesn't exist. I'm not living in District 12, you know, and and I live in this world, not in her world. It's very much like science fiction. You can write stories about... An entirely different planet and cover normal human issues on that planet. But if you have a reader who's inspired, they just can't jump on the dragon and go chase down the bad guy because there's no dragons, right? Right. So, yeah. um, so what I, but the reason people write dystopian and utopian is because they want to analyze current problems and they want to create characters who. Explore ways to overcome those problems, and they're hoping to inspire their readers to think, yes, in the modern real world of today, I want to overcome these problems, too. Mm -hmm. So you have this goal that you want to influence people so that they, you know, like 1984 was written to open people's minds to the potential of what could be done to them if they weren't paying attention. Right. Right. So you have that, but it's done in the future. So that's not directly applicable Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this idea for what I call actopian fiction. Okay. And actopian fiction is where you're in the modern time that you're living in. You're writing in the time that you're living in. And it's the real world And you create characters. You can have supernatural powers. You can have fictional funky things going on. It's sort of, that's totally fine. But Mm -hmm. what your characters end up facing and doing is so real that a person who loves that character and wants to be like them can get up and go out and get on the internet and open up a blog like the character did and start writing articles, or can go to downtown Seattle like the character did and can, you know, join this group and start participating in rallies. So what I like about what you're doing is that it's the real world and a person who feels like that woman who was it a woman who talked to the CEO for yeah. some reason. Okay, I thought it was a woman for some reason. Like that woman became inspired And then she went and took real action in the real world based upon your comic. Right. And it was easier, I think, for her to do it because your story is written in the real world.
1: Right. And so there's an association there. And, and you you know, what's interesting, too, of course, is the character goes through some kind of miserable experiences as a result of... Of following this. And so it's, it's not all rosy, it's like, well, it's time for me to just go ahead and do this. Cause I'm sure it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it doesn't work out for him, uh, at least at first. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a kind of a warning there, but, but, but people who read it, I think, or at least this person did said, you know, it's okay because what he's doing is, is correct. Yeah. And, and I should try at least to see if I can be right, too.
0: Yeah, you're keeping it real, which makes it so much easier for people to apply it to the real world and not just read the book and be like, that was fun, that's really cool, that's really neat, now I'm going to go right back to living exactly the way I've been living and I'm not going to change anything.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I know. I feel like we really need this because, I and and part of the reason that I wrote it, too, is because it doesn't exist. Uh, Yeah. The only thing I can do now is, is watch documentary movies like I Am or uh, The Secret or things like that in order to kind of get excited about the potential of human existence. Instead, mm-hmm. I I can watch another Spider-Man movie and go, well, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I know what this is going to be, and I, and I and I enjoy this character and all that, but it's still the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally hear you, and I hope that more. And I you know what? I don't just hope. I know. More and more is going to happen like this, yeah, that people need it, want it, and, and it 's going to happen
0: absolutely, absolutely yeah the The world is full of people who are desperately looking for that story that that it 's not even a story, no they are, they are praying that someone 's going to come along and say, "Here is an actionable item here 's something you can do, and it 's going to have a positive impact. Go for it. It's almost like they're waiting for permission as well as guidance. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, fear gets in the way because we've got our families and we have to bring in an income and we have to make mm-hmm. sure that they're taken care of and we can't do anything too crazy. But right. you know what? There's an awful lot of time in the day. And, and uh, you know, there's, you could stop watching TV and take an action. You can go volunteer. You can do some little thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be a lot. Just yeah. do a little thing. And you'll get the rewards from actually helping someone. It feels amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and you can still provide for your family. You can still mm-hmm. do all those things. But you know what? It might lead to something else. And eventually you quit that job that you're not that excited about and you and you go somewhere else where you get to help people all the time.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I mean Ultimately, in a way, we have to—it's like you don't want to be um, pennywise and pound-foolish. So, you know, it, what's the point yeah. of making sure that you take care of your child in a material manner and they're able to go to the college and do this and that, blah, blah, blah. Right. If the planet that they're going to live in is going to be dying around them, you know? <laughs> you know right. i mean so so we're 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 all in the middle right now of this massive values like reevaluation of our values yeah. and what matters and i love right. how your your comic is having this, you know, of course you're a very good writer, and I say that because you're being really mean to your character. (laughs) 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 you got to torture your characters. They have to have a really hard time for a story to be really good, and this poor guy is just, you know, I love that. I mean, you literally threw someone off a bridge, and I'm not going to tell anyone what happens, but, you know, (laughs) you got to be mean to your characters, and then you have a compelling story.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm having a blast. I'm loving every second of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So we are completely out of time. So I need to thank you, Kevin,
1: for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. It was such a pleasure. Exactly what I've been wanting.
0: Yay, that's wonderful. All right, so folks, um, I really hope you have enjoyed this. If you just joined us, you can go to my website, marchtwisdale.com, and you can go up and check out the podcast and listen to my interview with Kevin Scheller, who is the producer of a series of comics called Righteous. And I say producer because he's also working in collaboration with other artists who are doing different parts of the project. My name is March Twisdale. You've been listening to my interview, as I said, with Kevin Scheller. I love the illustrations. Really, I want you to tell the gentleman in Spain that I'm really, and the woman in Peru, tell them both I'm really enjoying the visual.
1: I will. I will.
0: Excellent. Thanks for listening and have a great day.